This podcast may contain coarse language and dark humour and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Come on, boy, get up. You're gonna die in bed. That's what my papa used to yell at me when I'd try sleeping in past 7am when I was staying with him as a kid. But he's kind of got a point. You probably are gonna die in bed. Shit, you're gonna die full stop. So what are you waiting for? Get up, you dickhead. You're gonna die in bed. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of You're Going to Die in Bed, a mildly morbid Monday morning motivational podcast to help you get through the morning blues via some shit talk and some less shit talk. Today I'm going to tell you why no one gives a shit about you, share a positive news article, and ask my friend Robbie Lawson about what's getting him out of bed. But first, here's an ad. Hi, I'm Eugene of Eugene's Used Jeans for Genies. Are you a mystical Arabian wizard who usually resides in a lamp or such? Well, my jeans are made just for you. I bet you spend so much time getting rubbed out of your lamp and granting wishes that you don't get any wishes of your own. I bet you'd love a a nice comfy pair of jeans to lounge around your lamp in. But you're so busy with all the rubbing and all the granting that you don't got time to break in a starchy pair of new jeans. Well, have I got a deal for you. Eugene's used jeans are especially designed for busy genies on the go. All our jeans are manufactured out of 100% organic rat denim, selectively chosen for its magic-enhancing properties. The jeans are then donated to a local op shop where they are purchased by the non-magic folk. From there, the jeans are naturally enhanced through a mixture of human sweat and pizza grease, at which point we sneak into the human homes and retrieve the finished product. So. Rub yourself out and grant yourself a wish this Easter. Come on down to Eugene's Used Jeans for Genies, where wishes come true. Eugene's Used Jeans for Genies. No one gives a shit about you. A few months ago, around the turn of the new year, I read a book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. You've probably heard of it. No doubt a friend or relative has fanatically encouraged you to read it. Well, I'm adding another voice to the chorus. I highly recommend reading it, especially if you've not explored a whole lot in terms of personal development and better mental health practices. I can tell you firsthand that I found it incredibly liberating and inspiring. It's been the easiest thing for me to point to in terms of a catalyst for the productivity I've experienced this year between releasing music regularly and starting this podcast. You see, if you've known me for a while, you'll have known that I've been talking about a career in music for a long time, yet I've often had not a lot to show for it. I mean, I've always had excuses. I'm working too much at the moment, or I'm dependent on other people. But often, I really was writing and producing a lot, I just didn't want to release it. The underlying reality was, I've given way too many shits about what other people might think. What if people think my music sounds amateur? 
What if it's too cheesy to be perceived as cool? What if it's perceived in any number of negative ways? The thing is, I don't care about what people think. I care about what they might think, or rather, what I think they think. Because the reality is, unless someone tells us, we can't know what they're thinking. Remember before how I said that a lot of you who know me will know I've been trying to make it in music for a long time without much to show for it? Well, no one's actually ever said that to me. That's what I think people think. And sure, some people may think that, but I'm betting my single friends are thinking about the fact that I'm married, to an incredible person no less. I'm betting that other friends having a crack at music are thinking about the successes I've had with a handful of releases. My wife and I are also pretty close to buying our own home, and I'm sure that will be a lot more top of mind for people than thinking about my lack of a career. But that's all speculative. The one thing I know most people are thinking about me, and I know they're thinking it most of the time. Nothing. In the scheme of things, no one gives a shit about me, or what I do, or don't do. We're all too busy thinking about ourselves, and inventing theories on what other people are thinking about us. The only people giving the time of day to think about your failures are usually insecure about their own. I know this because I do it. The people I judge most harshly are the ones who remind me of the parts of myself I don't like. On top of battling with my perceptions of other people's thoughts, I was afraid I might have to face another horrible truth. What if, after all this time of professing to be an aspiring musician, I actually was just really shit? What if my friends, who are successful in the music industry, realise I'll never be one of them? Well, it's possible. But even if that is the reality, being shit is part of the process of getting better at something. Last week I talked about REBT, or Rational Emotive Behavioural Therapy, and truth coaches. Well, another truth coach I think on regularly is this. Anything worth being great at is worth being shit at, whilst you become great at it. So when you free yourself from other people's perceptions, or rather, what you think they perceive of you, and you realise that being bad at something is actually a step on the stairway to excellence, life gets a whole lot simpler. What if I release a song and no one engages with it? No worries, I enjoyed making it. What if I put out a song and it's just really bad? Who cares, I just got a tiny bit better at songwriting. And underneath it all, the central concept for this whole podcast is that you're going to die and be forgotten anyway. Everyone is. Even the most famous figures in the world won't be remembered after the world ends in a nuclear fallout, whether that be tomorrow or in a thousand years. So you might as well get out of your bed and do something, anything that gives you life and adds value to the moment of existence that you're in. Now I'm sure most of you understand that I'm speaking in hyperbole when I say no one gives a shit about you. People do give a shit about you. People care about you and love you deeply. And while this whole message is probably a bit tired and cliche in this era of millennial self-help, I think it's always helpful to be reminded that people aren't spending their days agonizing over your actions and achievements, or lack thereof. So, what are you waiting for? Get out and do something. Go be shit at something. It's the only way you're ever going to get better. Welcome to Uplifting News. Hello and welcome to Uplifting News. That's just what the jingle said. 
Uh, Going to do uplifting news a little bit differently today because someone in the writing department doesn't know how to manage their time. Uh, so I'm just going to jump on to reddit.com slash r slash uplifting news and just read off some titles at you. Oh, and there's my phone ringing. I'm going to turn that off. Very, very poorly organized. All right, so up the top we've got two years after a puppy was stolen in Florida, it was found abandoned in Colorado and returned to its family thanks to the pet's microchip ID. There you go. They're not just the mark of the beast after all. Fantastic. Um, Iraq's oldest Christian town celebrates its first Easter without ISIS oppression. Fuck yeah. That is some very solid good news. India is now a world leader in renewable energy. Well, it looks like there's some graphs there. That's pretty pretty impressive. Um, Lego is running entirely on renewable energy three years ahead of schedule. I didn't know you needed power for your Lego. They're clearly uh, doing something different now than when I was playing with it. Uh, all right, let's do one more. Canadian woman finally meets her Australian pen pal after nearly 60 years of friendship. If that doesn't warm the cockles of your heart, nothing will, you icy bastard. Thanks for listening. Uplifting news. Are you sick of your kids always ruining your social life? Try feeding them rice and bubbles, the world's only rice and based cereal. Kids will love it, and you'll love it too, when after two to three days, they'll drop dead of apparent natural causes. Finally, you can have that time to yourself again. But hey, don't take my word for it, I'm just a guy trying to sell you something. Hear it from one of our satisfied customers. Linda from Glenfield says, Oh, Roger and I are loving our newfound freedom since we got rid of the kids. They were super cute at first, and that was great for the gram. And you know, socially, it meant we had lots of opportunities to use bunting. But in the long run, they're a lot of work. They're always asking annoying questions like, Mum, why do all the other kids get to go to school? And Mum, why are you trying to feed us poison? We watched Breaking Bad with you. And shit like that. Anyway, as soon as child services took them away and I moved into a woman's correctional facility, I've just had a lot more time for myself. And Roger writes to me, well he sent me divorce papers. Unfortunately Fido got into the box and we, we lost our pooch. So that was a real shame. But you know, I've got a lot more time now. I've got a lot more time. Rice and bubbles, freeing you from the responsibilities of parenthood. Right, today I'm talking to my friend Robbie Lawson, who I think I met you in Wellington maybe like maybe when I just moved there, so it was probably like yeah, you're pretty seven fresh. or eight years ago. Yeah. yeah, you're wide-eyed and looking at the world and, you know. That's the one. Ready to party. So, uh, Robbie, I've just got one question for you. What is getting you out of bed? Well, it's a, it's, it's a uh, good question, Alex, and I'm glad you asked me that. Um, and seeing as you asked... I've always actually had a problem getting out of bed in the morning. Um, I've always been type A. Uh, for those that don't know, that's a term for people that are very highly strung, a term for people that are always stressed um, in good ways and bad ways. I'm always sort of on, I'm always switched on, I'm always ramped up, I'm always ready. Uh, whether that's like a work thing or, you know, people probably just think I'm very hyperactive and I am that. Um, <clears throat> But it just means that I am, yeah, I'm always, I'm always on. So when I sit down or when I lie down at night, 
and I look at the ceiling, my mind turns on and I keep looking at the ceiling and I look at my phone and I look at the ceiling and then I start dreaming, start dreaming of businesses, start dreaming of songs, start dreaming of what I said to whoever I said it to that day and then I don't sleep. I don't sleep for hours and um, it was never a problem. In my early 20s, it was never a problem because, you know, when you're early 20s, you don't you don't need sleep, you don't need to eat right, you know, you just eat meagering and you somehow exist, it's fine. Um, but in the past few years, actually, sleeping's been a bit of an issue. So I've tried a lot of things. I've been, I've taken sleeping pills. Um, I've done, you know, all the sleep meditations. I've uh, I've gone to a sleep doctor uh, where I learned about circadian rhythms. And um, at the end of last year, I, I yeah, I, I started taking their advice and started this new program uh, where I'd get up early as I can. So say like 5.30 um, and then go for a walk because uh, what they said was that your circadian rhythms are so powerful that... <clears throat> Basically, your body subconsciously programs itself to when to wake up. And the way you do that is you get up and you walk in nature. So if you're looking at trees, me and my girlfriend will we'll wake up and we'll walk around Wellington and we'll start going up Mount Victoria or go to the park. Um, I'll start walking by the water. And um, I just had to shock my body. I was exhausted for like, yeah, for like a week but then something ticked um, and it's blowing my mind. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I'm in a state of like sort of breakthrough with uh, with this, but it's still a struggle. So, um, and one of, the, one of the things that the doctor um, prescribed or suggested that I had, I didn't get the full tests because... It involves you going and sleeping in this thing for like a few days. Um, <clears throat> but talking with them, they sort of deduce that I probably have this thing called delayed sleep face syndrome. So my circadian rhythm isn't 24 hours. It's just over 24 hours. Um, and yeah, and, and also it means that my body shuts down a lot later than most people do. So my natural sleep time is about 2 a.m. 2 in the morning. Um, and it was a struggle, man, like doing nine to five jobs. Uh, my early, like all throughout my 20s, I'm like, man, I feel like a zombie. And the older I got, I talk, yeah, talking like I'm really old, but I'm only 29. But um, the, yeah, as the years went on, I started, um, experiencing more like zombie-like um, symptoms and I just couldn't sleep. I was running on like five, six hours sleep every night. Um, but because I'm type A, I would just get up and, uh, and throw myself at the wall and, you know, I'd be everywhere and I'd be talking to everyone. Um, but I always felt like I was just running on reserves. Um, yeah, so... What I learned, what they told me is that your body has to cool down two degrees Celsius in order to sleep. 
So sometimes you might realize this if you wake up really early, um, your body's really cold. And so that's pre-programmed into your circadian rhythm. And so that's how your body actually rests. And so I've been struggling with this for so long that um, once I started doing this and uh, being in nature, shocking my body basically with sunlight as early as I can, um, I've been able to get so much more done. And yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. That, Did any of that make sense? That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, um, that's interesting to hear about. Um, I've yeah heard a bit about the circadian rhythm stuff through my brother-in-law who is uh, using that to sort of dictate his diet or slash when he eats um, because apparently um, it's kind of the whole intermittent fasting thing really. Like if you wake up, first thing and you you start eating some food and then you're eating really late at night it doesn't give your metabolism enough time to rest mm-hmm. um and it means you have a lot harder time digesting food because like your metabolism's totally and your digestive system's totally capable of like dealing with a lot of things that otherwise people think they're allergic to but it just needs like a good like you know 16 hours of rest you only want to be eating during this eight hour window yeah, and, and that's totally people like figuring more stuff out about the body and they're trying to mm. hack, essentially hack their bodies to get like a better result. Mm. And I've been sort of thinking a lot like that recently and it's kind of weird to, you know, hack your body, peak performance or, you know, especially, you know, for creative people, it's like, well, why would you do that? You know, we're, we're, we're often quite feely people. We're often quite, you know, go with the flow. I I sort of my mentality was like stay up late because then you'll get all your good ideas in the middle of the night and then wake up early oh wake up late and then just do your work you know later and but you 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 can kind of get out of touch with society and out of touch with like actual rhythms of what other people are doing and um after a few years ago I, i decided that i wanted to work for myself and one of the big reasons was that, is that I didn't want to work normal office hours because it was a big struggle for me. And so I thought if I um, freelance, then I could do that. I could uh, stay up late and I could work uh, when my girlfriend's asleep and I could be happy, you know, just embracing the fact that I was a late sleeper. Um and that was good for a while, but it became really sort of isolating, became really, um, <clears throat> yeah, it just became something that wasn't sustainable long term. And so I was like, okay, I really need to get this sorted. So I tried sleeping pills. I went to saw this doctor. Um, <clears throat> I even went to a physio. Um, and the interesting thing that happened there is um, – because she's been helping me learn about what type A is and stuff like that, is that she did all these tests and she's like, you got all this residual stress and anxiety built up in your body. It's like stored in your abdomen. And so she started doing all the stuff and I just fell asleep on the table right there. And <clears throat> it's funny, like we can carry, like life happens and we carry all the stuff. And we carry it in our body, not just our mind. Like the, our mental health is really important, but then we also carry it in our body. 
and we carry it in the way we hold ourselves, the way we breathe, and um, <clears throat> it can just build up and build up and build up. And, yeah, so um, in that, I have been sleeping better. I've been going to bed at, like, 10 o'clock or 9, and now I wake up, and me and my girlfriend, we go walking uh, every morning, and then I'm at my desk by, like, 7.30, 8 o'clock, <clears throat> and then, um, so I do, yeah, so I, I, I work for myself, I'm, like, a, a social media consultant and create content um, for small businesses, and um, I can work to my own schedule, but um, doing it this way, I've actually found more life because <clears throat> by the time it comes like 1 o'clock or 1.30 or even 3 o'clock, I feel like I've done my whole day's work. I feel like I've, I, I'm like laser focused when I get up. I've, walk, I've walked around Oriental Bay. I've had a coffee. I feel like I've you know, had my me time. And I, I don't just get up and walk to the lounge and just start working. <clears throat> but I'm also not getting up late and then the day's sort of disappearing on me. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in a space of just like, wow, like, it's su it sounds super cheesy. It sounds super like, just get up early, bro. Um and, you know, you look on YouTube, there's content like that everywhere and we're so, um, we can be so dazed to it and complacent to it because it's like, oh, yeah, if it was that easy, bro, you know, come on. But, you know, you watch like Kevin Hart or like, you know, all these famous, like The Rock gets up at like, you know, 4.30 every day or something, works out for three hours and then films a movie and then, you know, gets on a helicopter and goes to this event and, you know, it all, I, The Rock seems like, you know, you probably couldn't fault that guy. He seems like the best dude on earth. But, you know, for a lot of people, that's such a alien existence. And, but now I'm doing it. Like, I'm getting up early. And, yeah, I'm, it's changing my life. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That's, um, Super encouraging to hear that sort of thing because I, I, I can relate to um, – I haven't had so much trouble with sleeping in recent years but definitely feeling that zombie-like existence and there comes that point where you think, do I just have to accept that I'm a lower-capacity person and I don't have as much energy as other people? Um, but it's really encouraging just to hear a story of um, someone who's found what's working for them. Um and yeah, I think it's probably a little bit different for everyone. But yeah, also that sort of thought of uh, the, the tie between your mental health and physical health. That's not something I've thought a whole lot about or, or read a whole lot about, about, you know, storing storing stress and whatnot. And yeah, you hear like physios and stuff speak about that and masseuses. Um, yeah, I, I... Yeah, that's I, super, super interesting. I went to like, I went to, I got a psychologist I go to and I talk about my feelings. Yeah, cool. And... That was really cool, and she's awesome, and I get a lot from that. But going to this physio just undid a lot of my anxiety because she gave me yoga poses. She gave me, like, she would, like, iron out the knots in my body or whatever she did. It just blew my mind. 
And I think there are people that are looking for solutions um, through certain professions that are really important, like psychology is so important. And, um, you know, going to see your GP and, and, you know, drugs have a place. But going to see a physio, man, it's like um, I had to just re my body, not just my mind, my body had to relearn new habits and I had to breathe differently. Um, cause there's, have you heard about the two, um, immune systems that we have? I have not. Inform me. Okay. Well, I'm not going to inform you cause I'm going to completely just not even say this right. But, um, basically there are two ways in which, um, our body sort of regulates itself. And one of them is a survival, uh, regulation. One of them is a rest regulation. There are people probably listening to this. Um, going, you know, Robbie, why are you saying it like that? But um, <clears throat> what it's done for me is that, like, um, you'll notice that when you are in trouble or, like, there's danger, you kind of, your breaths become very short and you almost hold your breath because you're, like, looking around and you're, you're, it kicks in different things in your brain and your body produces different chemicals. And that's really good because it helps you be alert and it helps you seize the moment. And it helps you like attack or defend or it, like say you're a basketball player, you really need that, you know, or you're a DJ, you know, you really need to be present with the room. Um, <clears throat> but th- you ca- your body can't rest if that's always activated. And then there's this, you, um, your body c- c- kicks into this other sort of system where it starts breathing. You start breathing deeply from the diaphragm and then you start more oxygen comes into your body and <clears throat> yeah, so I started doing these breathing exercises and I've just been sleeping like a baby because because I'm type A, I'm always activating that other um, system and I just had no idea. Yeah. Awesome. Um, before we finish up, I don't know if it's easy to explain uh, in this context uh, without visual cues or, or how complicated it is, but could you, for some practical advice, could you talk us through like a, a breathing exercise that you do? Um, the simplest one is get a metronome. Um, 10 counts. Um, three counts in, breathing in. And then seven out. What What BPM? I, it's just all relative, I guess. Sure. To okay. what your, but the idea is to get your, your body, to do that, um, and if you st- you um, if you spend like, twenty minutes a day just lying on your back doing that, your body will slowly learn to just do that automatically, when yeah, it's right. when it's not, um, in a fight or flight situation. Yep. So three in, seven out. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah. Breathing low um, from your diaphragm, not through your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Sweet. Well, thanks for uh, popping on in while you've been in Whanganui, Robbie. Um, I've enjoyed what you've had to say, and I'm sure other people will too. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much. um, uh, It's a great little studio you got here. Yeah. It's got a rug and uh, fluorescent lights. Yeah. Everything you could wish for. Everything you need in the morning. 
All right, that is it for episode three. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. To finish you off, I am going to play you this track that I released earlier in the year as part of my track a week uh, project, which has more been like a track when I feel like it. But hey, no one gives a shit. You! Try positive thinking But I prefer drinking